Episode 91. Stink this podcast. George, Ryan, yep. Greg, back in the building. Special guest on the phone. We got the homie Rack. From Rack TV. What's up, dudes? What's going on? How you doing? I'm good, man. Feeling good. Stuffed. Just got home from uh, one of those Brazilian steakhouse joints. Oh, very oh yeah, nice. you definitely stuffed in. They'll get you. They'll get you. Yeah, they'll get your wallet, too. Yeah. they get your wallet, and then they'll get your toilet later. <laughs> they might. It depends what kind you go to. Um, how long How long did it take you to flip the button over to red? Do they have those? There? Oh, man, you know, here and there, you got to take your breathers, you know? Gotcha. You're doing it right. But gotcha. uh, for the... <laughs> I did some work though. I'm feeling. I'm feeling good. How about you guys? How you doing tonight? Doing great. Uh, chilling. Tired. Holidays is weird. It's over, but it still feels like I'm sluggish. I hear that. Right. Episode ninety one, right? Episode ninety one. The Rodman episode. Yep, that's you the Rod- Oh, it's a good jersey number. <laughs> Anybody else got a jersey number? I got a um, green. I've been waiting for six months for Rodman. It's only right to guess be the one to steal the thunder and not one of you jabronis. I mean, we could have we could have did Robin on episode 10 a long time ago when he played for uh, Spurs. I got we didn't say numbers back there you then. Go. I got NASCAR number 91 LJ Racing. I don't know who that is. I don't heard of either. What was, uh, what was Robin's number when he played for the Mavericks? 99? 90? Lakers? He was like 79. He missed out on a few numbers. Uh, we got Rack in the building. We uh, actually on the phone for those who want to comment all the time and say, bro, you need to learn what in the building means. Like, all right. Uh, we're going to do a 2017 year review. Uh, basically talk about anything that was kind of big topic-wise uh, this year, sneakers. Um, since uh, Rack has definitely been in the industry for some quite some time, we're going to actually pick his brain. Get his opinion, you know, voice ours. I mean, I think it should be fun. I mean, it's definitely four people uh, on this episode who says how they feel. So um, I think that should yeah, be Yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> so real quick, background. You want to give us your background? Yeah, um, yeah, sure. So uh, I, I'm an artist and a designer. I think that's what most um, people who, who follow me might know me for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, behind the scenes, and a lot of people don't know this, so it's it, it's kind of exciting to share it on your podcast. But I'm actually the marketing director for Epson and Hammer, which is a boutique in Philadelphia, and yeah. City Blue, which is a city specialty store in Philadelphia. So I have some um, industry insight. Obviously, I work in the industry as you know as much as anyone uh, possibly can, and I do so both at a boutique level and a city specialty, you know, best and better level stores. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, for sure. What have you uh, done in the past? I, I, I listen to you guys occasionally. I really appreciate you guys as sort of the voice of a consumer, an honest, uh, kind of like guys just, just kicking it, you know. That and uh, I'm excited to talk with you guys and get your feel sort of as consumers and then hopefully uh, be sort of like an insight for you guys to ask questions you might always want to ask about about awesome. the industry or what takes place behind the scenes. And now I know at one point you were connected or did some stuff with kicks on fire. So you do not do that any longer. Was it kicks on? Fire? Right. So I, I did run, you ran, right, kicks on I did fire. run kicks on fire for a little while. Um, and then we had a bit of a falling out and no longer, uh, in that space. Now it's been a, it's been a, about a year, maybe two. Okay. How often do people get in falling yeah, outs? Yeah. I feel like everybody who starts out doing something in the sneaker community has a, a falling out with the original people they started with, and then they just kind of changes up. Well, I think a funny thing about that is that the sneaker industry, um, 
like sort of boomed a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And right before that happened, you know, the people who started those blogs, the people who may have come on to help with those blogs and whatever, we were just, you know, uh, maybe professionals in other spaces, but sort of, you know, just, just sneakerheads, right? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden there was this, you know, such a boom in the sneaker market. There were these auxiliary businesses. You know, I, I heard your episode with, with Halfville. Matt's a, Matt's a good friend of mine. Similarly, right. you know, he bought a domain when when it wasn't really, you know, it was just kind of a neat idea, I guess. And right. it became a multi-million dollar business, you know. So uh, I think what happens in the sneaker industry sometimes is is uh, we start out cool guys that just became friends, want to talk shoes, whatever. And it ends up, you know, we're making multi-million dollar decisions and there's tension, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it could yeah, be that so. way. So. I think, uh, and I wanted to ask you guys this: Would you guys consider 2017 sneaker-wise the best year of sneakers, or one of the best years of sneakers ever? Mm, ever? What? No. Why not? <laughs> why why would not? You? Why wouldn't I? What are you talking about? Some of the greatest collaborations of all time. Retail standpoint, it definitely wasn't like numbers-wise. It definitely did not perform uh, very well. But numbers-wise, was based stuff on the company, in there for right? sure. Though. What what shoes are you thinking are the greatest shoes that have ever released? You think 2017 was a great year in sneakers? Not one of the greatest years well, ever. Well, I mean, in sneakers, so no. what's your you got yeah, if, if you, you believe that? What's your I mean, yeah. we've had collaboration packs, the Kith basketball <laughs> kind of rejuvenating basketball. We had the off white pack. We had the new model Vapor Max. We've had a lot of You can't say that Kith rejuvenated basketball because this shoe that I bought for $110 retail for 220 and nobody wants it. People can't give them away. Well, give it away later on doesn't mean it's not. Yeah, give it's it away, just, give it away, give it away now. Kith. It's not just that kid sitting around. It's gone. <laughs> just because you can't give it away doesn't mean it didn't fly. It oh, I don't want to give I wanted the shoe, which is good for me as the consumer, right. but I, it didn't. you said they revitalized basketball. Uh, Really? You, I, you're, I mean, you're in here talking about you want Ronnie Fye, Kith, LeBron James 15s. So but I also want Charles Barkley Air Force Max OG colorway, and nobody else wants that. So it's it's just what I want. <laughs> Ronnie Feig is definitely revitalizing I, basketball sneakers. I think an interesting way to talk about it might be that the that that the things that stand it out the the loudest, you know, might might have been some of the best stuff in a long time. I think you know the ten is a good example of of that. Nike giving a guy like Virgil sort of. Outside of their wheelhouse, the keys to to mess with ten iconic sneakers like that. I think that yeah, that you know that'll be talked about for decades. And if you want to talk about, you know, Ronnie and LeBron, I think that's that's a pretty cool project that that Ronnie should be really proud of. But that's you know two out of like nine hundred collaborations. Well, that's the thing. Like like both of them, you know, we forgot about yesterday. You know, we got black. We got black pigeons. We had yeah, but I think I know why you're saying that. I think you're saying that because. A lot of these manufacturers, shoe manufacturers, needed these like niche artists to rebuild the hype on some of these things. I mean, that may be why you think I'm talking to <clears throat> you. Know I'm talking to you or <laughs> Greg? Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, not yeah. even looking. Okay. No, I am. I just I can't <laughs> really hear you. Because without bringing a Jerry Lorenzo in or Virgil Abloh in or some of those guys, all those shoes or just maybe the shoe market in general. Rack just said sales wise numbers were down. It was losing steam. You know what I mean? Like, is that yeah. so? Is that your perception of it, or because they're? I don't know. I feel like, like me starting out, especially since 2016, I said I wasn't buying another sneaker 
for six months. I didn't buy a sneaker for six months in 2017. And I feel like there was a lot in this period of time that I wanted. We're That's just a about, relapse. Well, I'm just saying that like, we got Air Max 97 re resurgence, Air Max 1 resurgence. We had Atmos drop. We had Hyannis, Kennedy's. We had Cause 4s that are fire. We've had Kith coming back with basketball. We've had Lava's drop, Homage. We've had Red uh, Salmon Toes drop. We've had a lot of good drops this year. You have Pippin's up tempos, much up tempos coming out every single week in a new color. Lift it, come back off from the dead. Like, there's a lot of stuff this year that, like, no doubt about ones. it, man. I mean, but I think the way that you're talking about it is the way some people talk about Kobe Bryant. You know, he scored 81 points. They don't talk about, you know, percentage, shot percentage, right? So, yeah, there's a lot you can name, you know, probably 30 sneakers that were totally fire, but, you know, that's out of whatever. Jordan did 140 rusher releases on their own so i mean I overall at the, at the end of every year you're gonna feel that, that way we went back to last year at the end of the year you probably said the same thing and i know? feel like that's the thing is like you know like recency rack just, bias is the thing like rack just said like it's not there's so much stuff any there's so much stuff that releases now that it seems like nothing is special anymore because it used to be you know like right. back 2009 2010 You'd have a Jordan release, what, once a month, every other month maybe? And, like, you were, like, counting down to the next one. Now, right. like, you miss out on a shoe, and it's just, well, what comes out next week? Like, I mean, that's just anything now. That's so so, so for that, because of, like, how flooded and saturated it is, no, I mean, I would agree that a lot of fire stuff dropped in 2017, like a lot of stuff that we wanted and we were able to get. And it's nice that we're able to get the things that we want now, but... It also like not between you and I, we've you, almost bought every single Yeezy this year. If you bring it, yeah. if you break it down to a manufacturer level, though, Adidas, what what this year from Adidas compared to what Adidas released last year in sixteen? Sixteen was way better. No, uh, close. Yeezy was better in seventeen and sixteen. Adidas overall, <laughs> like what? I think the two point the 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 three fifties that came out this year were better than three fifties that came out last year, with the exception of the Beluga. I mean, only three. Came, it's definitely came a matter of perspective. You know, you you could look at it and say like the special things this year were so special that this year is amazing, or you could look at the same exact coin from the other side and be like, man, there was so much trash that only this stuff stuck out. You know, and mm -hmm. this easy versus that easy. This versus that. There's a lot of different ways to think about it, but I think overall, uh, the sentiment that I have for 2017 is it, it's like a lot of static. It's like. You know, it's like turning on a TV and it's in between channels. It's just like so much shit. And I think both consumers and from the industry, you know, from 10 steps back looking at it, it just, it, God, it was crazy, you know? And so a couple of things definitely like pushed through that static and, and grabbed a lot of attention. I think we're a lot of uh, really important in a lot of different ways. Um, but I would, I would love to see that whole picture clear itself out a bit and uh so, get a little bit more focused so since personally you, from the industry from the inside you said you know you talked about sales mostly what is the reason you say sales yeah. have definitely taken a i guess turn for the worse if you want to say it that way well i think it's a lot of um well there's people shopping differently and i think as as uh as a business especially we i know we um focus on you know uh, attacking it a little bit differently because of that so I, I won't say that you know we had a a bad year in business personally but the industry's on a downturn and i i would think that's because you know there's so much product uh social media does a lot to connect people so people and, and it's nothing new it's exactly what took place on the playground you know in 96 except now everybody's on the playground the whole entire world and so there's a that same sort of hive mentality hey guys you know 
these are cool. Yeah, we think these are cool. Yeah, they said those are cool. All at, we, we're in agreement. These are cool, and vice versa. Now these are we're gonna wait for these to go on sale. Yeah, definitely wait for these to go on sale. Hey, here's my promo code. Get these on sale. You know, and and, and if uh, you're shopping like a hive like that, you know, millions of minds making those decisions together. Uh, the industry feels it. We feel we know shit. Like we put out a shoe, shit. They're they're saying they're gonna wait for it to go on sale. Damn. So, Rack, let you me know, ask. We got 160 pairs of these. <laughs> so, let me ask you this. So, do yeah. you think that the because it's it's it does seem that over the past 12 to 24 months that resale prices have slowly began to fall. So, I mean, to whereas right. last year when Yeezy would come out, you knew that you were paying $300 over box price the day after the release if you wanted to get the right. shoe, like zebras, things like that. Now you can pick up right. a Beluga 2.0 for 300 350 uh, You can pick, pick up that blue tint for 300 350 So because these prices have kind of started to level out and come down, to whereas before when you would miss out on a shoe and you'd have that $200 saved up, so you'd walk into the store and you'd buy an Ultra Boost or an NMD or a Jordan because you were like, well, fuck, I've got $200 that I was planning to spend. I'm going to go do it. But now that it's only an extra $100 to get that easy, do you, do you think that more people are just buying the stuff that they actually wanted as opposed to settling for what, settling for what was next because they couldn't get it because those prices have come down? Right, maybe. I mean, I don't know necessarily that they go to, you know, the example you just gave is like, hi, I'm, I'm in a retail store with this $200, but now that same $200 gave me something in the resale market. I don't know how often that happens. That's not something, you know, that I felt any kind of impact on. Uh-huh. But what I have seen is with so much <laughs> stuff coming out in the market and and stuff becoming so much more available and and you know, resale prices dropping and stuff is people just shopping more selectively, you know? So you might say, let's take that same $300 or 350 that could get you a Yeezy now. You might, without any hesitation, get a Yeezy where before you might have said to yourself, without comparing, you know, apples to oranges, you might have just taken that 350 and gotten a Jordan and a white on white Air Force One, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And not necessarily saying to, not necessarily saying to yourself, I'm going to get this instead of a Yeezy, but Yeezys, you know, just seven months ago were like, I tried, I missed, I failed, they're gone. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like that's still kind of the way. Even a lot of people I know that I talk to weekly when it, stuff drops, They'll say, nah, I'm passing on these because I'm going to try for the, you know, like the Gatorade 6s that come out this week. I think a lot of people right. want those. I know I do. All right. And I think the a lot green. of people, yeah, the green ones. I like those. I think yep, they're yep. done pretty well. I think they're probably one of the better 6s in a long time. Um, and I think yeah. when people say. Absolutely. They're beautiful in hand, too. Oh, yeah. You seen them in hand? See, I, and I, I don't know how hard yeah. or easy they're going to be to get, you know, or whatever. It is, but a lot of people are like, oh, no, I'm not going to try for the blue tent, the, the Yeezys, because I'm going to wait for the Gatorade 6s next week. But, quote, unquote, the L, I feel like this is definitely 2016, 2017 is the year of the L. It isn't just a guarantee, like, you know, I'm going to pass on this to go get this. Um, it's almost like, you know, everyone has this sense of, like, I can cop this whenever <laughs> I feel like it. I think what Ryan said if I do miss out on something that I, if I passed on something to get something that I'm gonna try for, I do now have that extra money possibly to, to pay that resale price if it doesn't uh, skyrocket or go through the roof or whatever. Um, 
So with that yeah. being said, I prices... think one of the interesting things about that whole conversation is in both, you know, in all cases on, on both sides of that coin, we're still only talking about limited product, you know? So we're still like, even if you pull that out of the whole year, like as a microcosm and we're like, was this different than this? Or should I have bought this? Or is this resale going down? We're still talking about like a handful of releases and just like forgetting so much stuff, you know? And I only bring that back up to like reiterate that point from earlier. It's just like, I don't know how great this year is. That's a real, that's definitely a matter of perspective. And it's, it's sort of like a personal opinion, but Gatorade six versus blue tint Yeezy is, is super limited versus pretty damn limited. Right. (laughs) You know, so. And see, that's the thing too. It's one of those things where I think that's definitely the leader. So, so I'm on your guys' website right now on the Lapson and Hammer website. How mm-hmm. limited were these David Beckham Triple Black Ultra Boosts? Because they're s- sold out. Pretty, pretty limited. Yeah, they're they're pretty limited. I think the exciting thing for a lot of people who got to hold that in hand was to see uh, see the packaging. The and you know one of the things that we definitely had our sales team aware of is David Beck was one of the most famous people in the world, you yes. know? And so here he, he's got a collaboration. It's not meant for the soccer field. And uh, a lot of people that came in, you know, wanted them for sort of that collector mentality, or they were just honest with us. And they're like, listen, I'm a reseller. And, you know, I played a long game in two or three years. I'm going to hit a deck of David Beckham fan over the head for these, you know, they're going to be hard to find. No one's going to have them. DS, And he's, insanely famous in the uk and other parts of the world so like and how many pairs as a, money so. how many pairs as a company did you guys get of those if you if you're allowed to say i would say under 50 i think it's safe for me to say under 50 and that is accurate as well okay wow. so then so, not a lot there's not a lot of them out there so a lot of the discussion that we shit. say i think i do hate when we give examples of like we always have to throw in a yeezy or something in those examples because since you've yeah. been, I mean, like I said, you've written for, uh, you know, uh, sneaker publications for a long time. You've been in the industry for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that process of when, if you even know the answer to this, like, what's the process of when, like, a Nike or somebody says, all right, you know what, this year we're going to bring back the Pippin air much up tempo and we're just going to keep throwing out colorways and city versions and, and this version and exclusive kids versions and oh, stuff man. like that. What's that process? Well, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know I had a meeting with Nike about, uh, I want to say it was like three weeks ago now, and it was with a group of like 19 of their product managers. And one of the things that used as an example was how I felt that they botched those and uh, the Air Force One utilities, the mids especially, not so much the highs, but and just, just how they could just, if they would and how they could, and I gave them a little bit of plan for letting things be cool. You know, they just, they, they do some stuff. It works, and next thing I know, you know, I've got to try to sell uh, 120 colors of them before the end of the year. So then, uh, but basically, to, to answer your question about how that process goes, is they'll they'll pull something, uh, whether it's archive or or new, and they'll decide on their own uh, internally that it's like an energy product. It's a focus for the next year, and then they'll bring it to us as retailers and have focus groups. They'll bring it to. Uh, you know, influencers and whatnot and have focus groups and sort of get their feel for it. And they try to gauge the temperature for the most part off of that. So they actually, like all of those up tempos, um, you know, none of those happened overnight. They weren't reactive is, is what I'm trying to get at. It wasn't like they put out up tempos, you guys bought them. So now here's a hundred thousand more. I know that that's the way it feels, but those things take upwards of a year to get done. So all that they had already decided 
that they were going to squeeze that that lemon as hard as they did. So, and uh, so in, in some ways, that really, really sucks. It's one of the things I definitely stress to them that I think they could do a better job of, for sure. So then, do, I mean, like, what do you say to them like that? Like, do they take what you say, you know, seriously? Or is it like, uh, you know, I just always, oh, yeah. you know, when oh, you're the yeah. consumer, like us, <laughs> we're regular through regular guys. When we mm-hmm. see something that drops that we find ridiculous. Yeah. Now, like, to me personally, I find the Gatorade pack, Jordan 1's, a ridiculous thing. And I find it ridiculous based oh, yeah. off of when you're like, you're now reaching like, oh, let's go back and make flavors of Gatorade for a Jordan. Now you're just reaching. How yeah. do, Like when you're in a meeting like that yeah. and that idea is thrown out there. And like you said, that's happening years before or a year before it even gets to us. Right. How come there isn't anybody who's is there anybody who's saying no, like this isn't. Something well, yeah, a funny needed. story. A funny story about that. Exactly. Actually, you can go back to my Twitter and see this because it was only a couple of days ago. But I posted the picture of all four, and I said, and and it took me. I said, "How the hell does this happen?" I said, "Did somebody, like some marketing intern, on their first day go, hey, we could like make them in all of the flavors?'" And then there was like a light golf clap, and then they made these horrible right. Jordans. This is what I tweeted, like word for word. Right. And uh, it got some funny feedback on Twitter. And then my phone rang like 17 minutes later and it was somebody from Jordan Brandwine to discuss my thoughts. So in terms of whether or not they listen, yeah, they absolutely listen. They definitely want to have those conversations. They do not enjoy seeing feedback like that. How did it happen? I think in that particular uh, example, it's business. You know, there's like, there's a, there's a collaboration. They paid so much for the Gatorade licensing to use the name Gatorade, to use logos, to use those colors, which are Pantone colors owned by Gatorade, and not, and they just got to squeeze it, right? They just have to say, okay, well, two sixes, one at a two twenty-five price point, one at one ninety for those customers that never spend more than two hundred dollars. Let's get a couple ones. We can get the ones up to one seventy-five. <clears throat> That's sort of the value buy, and they're building a pack. They're getting whatever they can out of that and trying to appeal to as many different customers. So, this, so then it becomes somebody, the next person's job to say okay, how do we activate these ones? And then I think, you know, that person actually did a pretty decent job with the 7-Eleven activations and, like, going and having to put your hands on them. They kept the lemon lime really, really tight, so even us boutiques, like, didn't really have our hands on those. So, I mean, they do, they do a good job part of the way, and I think that's how, you know, when they're looking at the big picture, like, this is our big... Gatorade plan, enough of it is is solid that it gets through the right people. You know, nothing's glaringly like awful. So then, and then when it hits the then when it hits the timeline, and we're like, you know, being selective assholes, myself included, I'm like, you know, how do these four things fucking happen? You know. <laughs> you know? So then, and, when, uh, a, when a Jordan brand calls you, they, they want to hear that though. So when a Jordan brand calls you, are they telling you to chill out, or are they mm-hmm. explaining to you the like reason? Like, no, 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 no. They wouldn't. They they wouldn't. Not me per- they wouldn't tell me personally to chill out. I think one of the reasons that I'm in the position I'm in and I've been in the positions I've been is that I've built a valuable opinion, you know? And you do that by um, being fair on, on both sides of the line, you know? I really like this. and Here's some reasons why I think this is really good and really important, and I really don't like this. And here's some constructive, you know, reasons why I don't think this is good, you know? And that's And I think once you have that valuable opinion... Um, they're going to call you to follow up. Obviously they might ask you to take something down if you've spoken like wildly out of turn, but nobody, 
it, you know, they're, they're reaching out to you because they want to know why you feel that way and, you know, what maybe they could learn, learn from that. And, you know, it's only one opinion. They'll go bounce that versus their sales numbers and whatever else and decide how valuable it really is. Um, but they're, they're definitely not calling because they're mad. They just want to, you know, what do you mean? How, how could it be better? Is monochromatic not cool? What didn't you like? You know, they're, they're trying to get to the nitty gritty of it. And in that case, I was just like, I, I just think it's, you know, it's not a deep enough cut. It's just like, we, we got four Gatorades. Here's four Gatorade players. It feels like, and I told them this, it feels very like middle school science fair, you know, like you could do anything you want and you make a volcano with baking soda. You know, it's like, okay. So then that's, that's bare minimum. <laughs> so then <laughs> you know? going back to like, I mean, I think this year also, you know, 2017 was definitely like the big uh i'll say i i feel like social media i mean social media has always played a major role when it comes to sneakers and showing off flexing whatever you want to call it um but i, I kind of feel yeah. like it's had a negative effect on the sneaker community if you want to call it a community within itself i think <laughs> even us making our platform our podcast um which i was going to ask you about yeah. as well you know we one thing that we do on our show is that we have those opinions. You know, if we don't like it, we don't like it. You know, we like it, we like it. Right. Um, and I feel like on social media and, you know, going to YouTubers and sneaker YouTubers, whatever, what at what aspect does like a company like Jordan Brand or Nike say, you know, we're going to send this person Space Jams or Jordan 1s or anything like that to be right. Like, is it really that these people really that influential on the public in buying that sneaker? Like, what's the point of sending, like, a Kais an entire no. Space Jam pack? Um, no, well, there, there's a couple of ways to answer that. No, it's not necessarily that anybody's um, particularly influential. I, I'm seated way more than, I think, any uh, particular individual, need, you know, deserves to be. And I don't think, you know, for example, that you guys have ever bought anything because I was wearing it. You know, it's it's a it's got there's levels to it. There's visibility is definitely one of the big ones. So when you name somebody like Kais, that's literally just like that's a demo. That's somebody who's decided that demo, right? So they're saying, uh, and this is I don't mean this to be insulting against Kais in any way, but it, they might, and I'm only assuming here, but they might say, twelve to fifteen year old uh, affluent <laughs> white kids. Um, the suburbs <laughs> gotta get i got that i have to have them see this shoe and that's the and i can give it to this guy so for the cost of the shoe which is roughly 60 percent of the retail price of the shoe i could show it to this many of those kids uh, and this kid will, and and kais will feel important and and do do the damn thing you know and when you when you put that up against like traditional advertisement uh, that's a no-brainer, right? right? You don't need to block out time for LeBron to shoot a multi-million-dollar commercial and then tour the world with it. I mean, this is how shit used to get done, right? Right. Um, so seating and stuff like that—it's kind of like offhand. It's kind of offhand. It's like we need—it's either we need uh, visibility on a particular product, we need opinions on a particular product, like we need somebody to set the tone of a product. I did try to do that quite a bit with the Profear. Adidas did a lot of like paying people to write about it, placing it, and and that was sort of like to gauge the temperature. It's new, it doesn't have boost, it's supposed to be 
you know, leading product going into next year. So it was a lot of like, we just want to get it out there and in front of people and get people's opinions and, and read Twitter reactions and be in the YouTube comments and, and see where we're at with that. Like, is that going to be an NMD and an Iki? Is that, is that, you know, did we hit it or not? And uh, so that doesn't have too much, you know, it's like a lot of these guys like to be like, you know, as an influencer or whatever, kind of think the brand once again, but, but a lot of that's, you know, everything in business is, uh, you know, what have you done for me lately? So they, <laughs> it's always, even, even talking about myself, when a box shows up at my door, uh, they've decided something, they can get something from me that is more valuable than the cost of manufacturing on that sneaker. You know what I mean? It's a transaction. It's not a gift. It's not like been thinking about you lately or you do such a great job. Here you go. You know, it's, I'm going to get, I'm going to get something back that's worth, you know, roughly more than the cost of these sneakers. I wonder who our demographic is. And and that's the gist of it. Angry people. What's that? The, I said, I wonder who our demographic is. Angry people over the age of 28, I think. Uh, No, you'd be surprised. Well, I don't know. If I were to feed you guys something, it would be, I, I think your most valuable asset would be your opinion. I might send you guys like, hey, I'm going to send you three pairs of whatever, because I think it'd be really cool if on the next episode you just, you know, gave me gave some honest feedback about this model. And so my and I could see how getting that feedback from you guys being that I respect you guys is like sort of, you know, the the, the average consumer, the converse, the freaking talking shop with the homies, right? Right. To get that sort of feedback, have it documented, have it somewhere like on the internet where I could reference it and show people who are actually making decisions and that that would be your value which goes back to what i'm saying like i don't have anything necessarily against <laughs> against kaiser i don't know right. no, no, like no. it's nothing against today, them but. it's nothing against them it's just that some of the most popular yeah. things 2017 influencer ambassador things like that i see and i'm just like yeah. what all those things I, I you know i can't speak to his value in that but i i would personally if I worked at a brand or or in product placement, which I, I don't really, but if I did, and I wanted the opinion of that like sub sixteen year old, I'd put it in his hand. Absolutely, yeah. I have no qualms about saying that because uh-huh. that's a great place to go get that feedback. Yeah, because I'm I'm just more curious of like if they expect anything, you know, maybe sales wise or something that could show that that action of no. giving somebody like that. And it's nothing against him. This is more of a, just an example yeah. of what we see. Uh, I always, you know, one thing. Well, about- I would say like sales conversions. I know people like have obviously made businesses out of like affiliate links and things like that. You know, so there's there's numbers that you could you could research and find. But I would assume that a conversion rate and that and for me, when I say conversion rate, I mean somebody like sees it because this person has it clicked the link in the bio, ended up on the site, picked their size, added to cart, and checked out. Those are all, those all have to get done. And those are all points at which, you know, you lose customers. They dropped, you know, they could do any number of those things and and not go all the way through it, you know. The, I would say the apps, the percentage of people that go all the way through it. And so now somebody has actually spent full retail because Kai showed them in the video. I would say that'd be under 1% of his of his total reach or views or whatever. Hmm. So, I mean, that's, and I would, I could say that pretty confidently. I would challenge him to disprove that. And so that gives you a pretty good, you know, feel for, okay, well, 1% of whatever, a hundred thousand, 
is a hundred kids, you know, whatever. So kind of, kind of out of your scope of things. And if we step away from retail for a second, I think Kais is a perfect segue into a topic over something that's become very big over the past year or two, which is sneaker cons. So you being a guy that's been in the industry and in the sneaker game or culture for a long time, like how do you, how do you feel about yeah. sneaker con and like that whole movement and what's been going on with that lately? Um, I think sneak, I think sneaker con will, will always deserve, uh, the respect that maybe it's had for the last decade or whatever it's been for sort of pioneering that idea of, you know, well, to appropriating that idea, right? Because conventions for collectibles has been going on since the beginning of time. Yes. Um, but appropriating that to sneakers, I think they do, uh, deserve, some respect. I know they weren't the first. I think Dunk Exchange was ahead of them. But in terms of like you know building a brand around that, uh, I, I take nothing away from them. I think one of the feedback I would never go to one for the record. That's just not you know, jeez, uh, not for me. But and I don't think there's anything for the industry to necessarily gain from having a presence there. Um, but so could that you being ever? Said, I think it's pretty. Go ahead. What's that? Sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say, so could you ever I was see it? To, could you ever see it being something to where it kind of morphed into a sort of trade show also to where new brands or brands would go to release new models or new brands would go to get that feedback on upcoming sneaker releases and things like that? That's or, so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny that you bring it up because that's exactly where I was going. So. I think they deserve the respect, obviously, for having been pioneers to some degree, but I think they recessed, so I think they fell backwards in their plan when they started making it about YouTuber appearances and they started making it so heavily about buy-sell trade and they allow kids to carry backpacks full of sneakers to do that on the sale, on the floor without booths and all of these things that had made sneaker con into what it is and what do i think sneaker con is now it's a great time for up to 16 year old kids to meet each other and have a good time and drive their parents crazy it is what it is and in that space i think that's great but to answer your question so there's there's like two levels of shows that are significantly different than that that we as an industry participate in and some of those are like agenda and capsule and Mm -hmm those aren't open to the public and that's where we go and we meet with brands and we decide if we're going to pick up the brand and bring it into our stores and we see product for the coming year and they network with each other. And that's where a lot of collaborations are born, you know, so-and-so meets so-and-so and and now let's work on a special project, et cetera. And then there is a complex con, for example, which, which is all of that networking and it's open to the public. So it's the brands, doing all of those things. You know, we've, we've gone every year as VIP guests of Joe LaPuma to meet people, you know, to get in there and meet people in the industry or in different spaces. You know, we're never all, as an industry, as decision makers, never all in the same space except now that we have that sort of annual <laughs> event. And that's why you see the brands do some of the most exciting activations of the year and it being open to the public for the first time you're seeing that sort of like ravenous mentality. These kids have any experience, you know, they can't and have never been able to have anywhere else. And, um, I think that that, so, so those, so those are the three levels, right? Like complex con kind of opening up the trade show, which is like the secondary level, which was 
which has always been and may possibly always remain private, you know, and mm-hmm. then like the low level self-organized stuff, which is like sneaker con, et cetera. And what I, and what I think is that no three of those has, has like perfectly nailed it yet. Complex had a lot of, Complex Con had a lot of uh, growing pains. Like the first year was amazing. The second year, there was like literally five times as many people yeah. in the same space. And and so they've got some they've got some figuring out to do. But I would think I am a hundred percent in the belief that they're on the right path more than any of the others. Yeah, we saw the videos of the undefeated booth getting mauled. Yeah, mauled. Dude, it was crazy. So like when you talk about well, we were okay, con- so we were like I said, we were uh Joel Lapum was a like very good talk to um everyday friend of mine, right? And so we were there as his like personal guest, right? Mm-hmm. And that meant that we got in, like, like he came, like, taxi, where you at, bro? Over here. He came, got us, and got us in. And we got in line, like, talking about nobody in there but vendors. And then all of a sudden, and we were in that undefeated line. And all of a sudden, these kids just straight tackled the security guards at one of the entrances. They literally, like, no plan, no finesse. We're just like, if enough of us run at him, he can't catch us all. <laughs> And they and they just leveled this dude, and the floodgate just opened, and I mean, people came running from other sides of the building through that now wide open entrance, and uh, it got so freaking crazy that we abandoned our our place in line. So it was being such a mess that you're like maybe only 19th from the door, but you want all the way out of there. You know, right. like, get me the fuck out of here. It, it was just insane. And I, like, like I said, they have a lot of serious, uh, I don't know what the word would be, architecture to work on there, yeah. planning, uh, to make sure that, that it goes more smooth next year. But they're like, as a model, that idea of the brands participating, it being open to the public, and it being a major industry networking hub, that's it. That's that's definitely the secret sauce. And I, and I think they have the power to figure it out yeah because complex con is something that you know i'm definitely one oh, ten this definitely year going, like, definitely going definitely i i want to be in that oh, atmosphere okay. and that's and we talked about it on a, on a previous episode because i honestly think i mean i sorry i think sneaker con is is utter trash but i'll always right. support it if it's here if it's here if it's like i'll always buy a ticket whether i'm going or not because i want that type of thing yeah. to continue to the consumer that loves it no. I don't ever want it to end. When right, it came yeah. to Phoenix, it was sort of like a test run. I want it to come to Phoenix forever. I want it to come to Arizona always. Now, a sneaker uh, complex con, yeah. I feel is more of our speed. It's like you said, it's vendors, it's that, you know, music. It has everything that I feel is of our age, and it's something that I would love to be a part of and attend. Um, you know, the whole thing with SneakerCon was the fact that, like, I remember Dunk Exchange and things like that. The focus was. I'm going to try to find a sneaker that I've been wanting to try to buy all year. I'm going to do that. And it's turned into a meet and greet for, like you said, uh, YouTubers. YouTubers. Uh, I mean, you even have, you know. Yeah, people, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the strategy there I don't, personally, like from a business perspective. Right. But. And I, know, I'm I sure they're making sure. loads of money. Oh, I'm sure they are. But it's funny to see. And this is nothing against him. You know, he already doesn't like us and I don't really care. But. Uh, JC from Urban Necessities, he was starting out selling sneakers at these events. Now he's just there to shake hands and meet and greet. It's a because now he's considered a YouTuber. Like 
it's a crazy transition. That's crazy. JC, by the way, I mean, I don't know why he he doesn't fuck with you guys, but he's a seriously nice guy. Oh, no, no. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. No, no, no. See, he, we've interviewed him. We've interviewed and talked to him, and he's a nice guy. Like, we, I have no problem with him. He just got a little upset at that I said that I don't think he's as humble as, as he, he appears comes to off be. to be. That's all I said. I said. Oh, dude. That's all I said. And well, I you're said, more than welcome to say that. He's more than welcome to get upset well, about of course, that. But of it's, I'll tell you, it's definitely not true, dude. He's super, super, super genuinely nice. nice. It's it's it, it's to the point where, like, when I met him, it almost made me feel awkward. Like, oh yeah, yeah. It almost made me feel like I shouldn't have made any deal out of me. Like, I just went up to him and was like, "Yo, love the store, man. I've been I've been watching your stuff. You know, good to see you guys having such great success or whatever." Right. And like, he was so humble or down to earth or whatever that i felt awkward like like i should have just said yo what's up how much are these you know what i mean like he was some employer and he was Um, and he was that way with us if you went back and listened to the interview we've done with him when he came here he was with us he was it was just certain things on social media like where we looked at him and talked to him as yo this is a cool cat he's an older dude he's been around the block he understands and then when i see him get on social media and put on about 27 items of supreme louis vuitton and take a picture. It's like, yeah. all right, man, come on. Like, you don't, you don't have. That's to a little do that. different, though. You know, I think that's his product more than it is him as a person. No. Oh, of course. I, it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't nothing against him as a person. Else. But that's another thing, and that's you know, hey, that's just one of those situations of us speaking our opinions and not meaning anything personal by it. But it's just like I said, we're regular no. three consumers, and he like, shouldn't get upset about that, man. Oh yeah, he, he got. He got very that. upset. That's so. weird. So that brings me to a question that I actually wanted to ask you. I listened to the Don Drew interview that you did in 2015, and you Mm -hmm. guys got on the topic kind of of chicken wop and about how when people have these full-size runs of sneakers six months, eight months early, um, that typically they did not come from a Nike retailer. So we obviously know that Urban Necessities is infamous for having – I mean, I think last year they had Space Jams in summer when they didn't come out till December. So so how does a store go about getting those products from a Nike retailer six to eight months early? And is that and, – and, 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 you are know, those... I think the important thing to point out before, you know, I go any further in the conversation, it's like it is, it is possible. And okay. in particular with the Space Jams, I think our Space Jams at Last Stone, um, you know, touchdown – maybe five months early, um, which is maybe not six months, but it makes you think they were done, you know, they were done and they were around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what Drew and I were definitely indicating is that, you know, so-and-so whoever who definitely, you know, definitely doesn't know anybody uh, super behind the scenes or anything like that, they're not going to have something, you know, just after manufacturing date. And your manufacturing date's going to be, you know, eight months to a year before before release. So mm. I think that's what we were saying more than anything. Is like if you can go in your local mom and pop or whatever, and they've got, or you know, your local resale consignment store or whatever, and they've got buttloads of them, then you know, something. If it if it smells like fish, it's probably fish. You know. Yeah. But um, as far as JC, like that's a guy who spent twenty grand to get friggin' five pairs too early, and if you gave me uh, 20 grand, I can get you samples of next year's Jordan 11. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's, 
if you know the right person and you're blowing retarded money just right. to flex, yeah, you could you could probably figure that out. But uh, what me and Drew were definitely trying to say is like no no uh, early look on YouTube that's like nine months out or whatever is going to be genuine, and no like you know one door little mom and pop consignment john that has like six size runs is probably legit either yeah because i remember the red 11s it was a lot of like just small shops in places who had they were selling those were all fake i could tell you that okay yeah they had those and the navy <laughs> tell you that way early and they were already slinging them and i was like well who the heck and both of them ones? had huge manufacturing issues at jordan brand both of those were delayed terribly in terms of shipment and the navy was supposed to be canceled yeah which you had tweeted that out so what what happened with that i remember you you were one of the people who had like kind of broke that that the navies were going to get canceled and then they dropped yeah well we got an email from our jordan rep saying it was it was it was 100 percent canceled for 90 percent of the allotment which means like nine out of ten stores name any ten stores nine of them weren't going to get them um and then they must have hustled or figured it out or whatever that's how it goes you know i probably should have just kept my mouth shut but i was just like yo this sucks these got canceled <laughs> and uh jordan jordan brand you know figured it out and um they did that stock early, they did that early sneakers release or whatever and then i think a lot of that leftover from that got allotted to a lot of different retailers so none of us had a ton of them but all of us that were supposed to get in and get them ended up getting them does Jordan Brand does Jordan Brand consider consider Michael Jordan himself still the like I don't want to say priority, but their main marketing focus I guess in selling. I know they're Jordans, but for some <laughs> yeah. reason I just feel like it's time to just get away from like it's been forever now, like making red elevens to celebrate. What was it celebrating? Seventy two and or was 96. it no ninety six? Ninety six and then you had seventy two tens and. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, now you got Gatorade, you know, ones, it's kind of like flight jacket sixes and all this type of stuff. And I'm like, when are they going to finally say, all right, Jordan, if it's not an OG colorway, we don't have to associate it with Michael Jordan himself enough. It's like seeing Russell Westbrook wear OKC threes. When can they say, all right, we're going to start making something on a Jordan 11 that represents Kawhi Leonard? For the public to have when are they going to start really pushing yeah. these jordan athletes i feel being a jordan athlete is awful like i don't feel it's true that's definitely the last brand that i would sign to because i went with another man silhouette on the tongue of my signature sneaker personally but right um and i think that's always kind of been the hang-up like when you're carmelo anthony you're basically wearing like an air jordan for carmelo anthony you know and i, I don't know how i would feel about that if i was as prolific a scorer as as was and playing in a market like New York when he was, you know, so I definitely think they have a pinch there, but in terms of like, is Jordan brand still focused almost entirely on Jordan? I would say yes, but it's kind of cool that this is like the annual wrap up because I think like the biggest story of this year and not necessarily my favorite shoes or whatever, but it's the, it's the 10 and it's the fact that Nike who is uh, trying to use safe words because you have me on a show and you never know who the fuck's going to listen, but 
Uh, you I can curse, to. by the way, right? Yeah, I can curse. Yes, yeah. Say like, whatever you want. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't a family show. <laughs> you can say whatever so you anyway, want. So uh, anyway, I, I always uh, encourage them to think outside of the box in that way. I'm going to tell you a story, and, I, and we'll know, I'll let you guys know by the end of this week if I got a phone call about telling this story. <laughs> but we got, we got a... Uh, a focus group come in the store and they were there to show us Jordan brand apparel. Right. And so, you know, you can imagine my excitement to see elephant print pants or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so they pulled a bunch of that kind of stuff out. And then there was some cool, like, you know, get props or do they had, they had touched, uh, up the, uh, the cut on some of that stuff. Like, so you just picture, you know, sort of your classic, Jordan sweat and flight suits, but like with a more modern tailoring and like a shorter crop and whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, this is cool. Whatever. And then he reaches in his duffel and he tosses out this black hoodie. And uh, the hoodie was like this insanely luxe material. And it had that like updated cut and uh, it had like a really nice hem on the edge and it had no brand. And me and one of my designers, Jeep, we're like bugging. We're like, yes, yes, finally. Pull out more shit like this, you know? Right. And we're like, this this is great. We're like feeling we're like, I would totally wear this. And we were saying, you know, I would wear this with APC jeans and a pair of frock cops. Like, let's, we can get a fit off in this. This is dope. You know, this is like, this is some shit I would tag on Instagram, you know? Right. And that, like, whereas the rest of the stuff that they had pulled out is like what you might wear on a flight or to bed or give a girl who wants one of your hoodies. That's how you Jordan know? Brand has not always like been, your, man. They don't have modern your, cut shit. Not your dope shit. Right. Yeah, so anyway, they pull out this this freaking black super luxe hoodie, no brand, and blah, 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 and, we're, and we flip out, and the dude goes, oh, that's unfinished. It's going to have like a big jump, man, here in the middle. And we're like, no! Oh, Stop! You know, leave it alone. Like, don't, don't do that. And they're like, no. And we were thinking maybe the, the flight strip. Like oh my god! So you're gonna take this and you're gonna put a giant embroidered John man and you're gonna write flight under it white lettering and he's like yeah 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 like oh okay god. okay that's okay so for four hundred bucks okay but now but now that they're pulling that out for you they're pulling that out for you pause and then you say no we don't want that how come they don't go back like yo they don't want that so uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what I pitched them so so again I'll let you guys know by the end of the week if. I'm in all kinds of trouble for this, but I said to them, you need, you need like, okay, there's a place for everything else that you've shown me, right? There's a place for that. That is city blue, our city specialty store, the Jimmy Jazzes of the world, the foot lockers, you know, like the, the, your uncle on the way to the barbecue needs to get his whole junk man fit off, <laughs> right. and show up in slides, you know, like that, that exists. Don't stop making this stuff. Make it at a better price point for me. So I don't have to put it on sale. That's that. Let's talk about this Matt Blackfoot. And I said to him, if you guys feel like you have to brand this for whatever reason, don't use the Jumpman. Don't attach this to basketball. You guys are putting that on. I mean, you guys put this on runners and shoes that you tried to tell us were trainers and the dudes holding a basketball. Ditch that logo. I told them to use either Michael Jordan's signature which is a really nice logo. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. They used yep. to use it quite a bit in the yeah. 90s. It's just literally his autograph. Right. And they used it on I the said, uh, 23s. Monochrome, 
black and place it somewhere really small on the cuff of the sleeve or at the bottom edge, right? you know, whatever, or even on the inside tag. And, and then I said, start to associate like more stylish modern stuff, which is his autograph, which yeah. is his signature. It's still Jordan Brand. Don't put the job man on it. Don't pull some weird outfit he wore on some late night TV show. Just make me cool. John Elliott esque fresh, nicely cut shit and have him sign it, you know, autograph logo. Or I said, create an entirely new line, call it something obscure, call it 23 and spell it out, you know, and right. just 23 by, by Jordan Brand, you know, and, and give me stuff like that that's elevated, that's stylish, that's supposed to be in a store that's like 98% Italian marble like Glassstone and Hammer is. It's supposed to sit next to Rick Owens between Rick Owens and APC and fucking that should be dope. But you can't attach it to... Michael Jordan, you can't try to find a way to sneak in elephant print. You can't make it match with the retros <laughs> that come out the, the week right. before. Like I said, I need that product for you know for a certain customer at a certain price point. But if you guys want to you know get elevated, get cool, get in get in the lane, you know we need we need to switch this up. There there needs to be and they, and they definitely took that note. Um, they we talked about it. There was a little back and forth conversation there. And there was a positive note. There was, you know, something that the rep you know, took my hand for later. But I know they went and branded that hoodie. I know for a fact. Just so I, I've seen it now finished. So and then, so I'm like, okay, you know, maybe maybe it isn't going to happen on this turntable, but maybe, you know, maybe they've taken a mental note. For so then there's, there's no reason for us as the consumer. We talked about this in another episode. There's no reason for us, the consumer, to tag Nike on IG, Twitter, everything, and say, what is this garbage? There's no reason for us to do that because if they're not listening to the people they're coming to talk to, they're definitely not going to listen to me, right? Well, I don't know that they're not listening, you know? I don't know that they're not listening. I just know that it's a big... So actually, they've said, they've said this to me one time. They said, um, when we were... I was, in a, I was in a meeting and I was, I was actually pitching them that they should sign Travis Scott. This was about a year before they did. I was like, you guys need Travis Scott with it. That was the, we were, all, we were looking at product, for, I think, for like the next season. And I was like, oh, by the way, get Travis Scott. So we were having that conversation. And that conversation obviously uh, turned to like a little sidebar conversation about what was happening at Adidas. And this is when Adidas was like super crushing it. Right. Um, and I said, I said something along the lines of like, you guys you guys need to, you know, move this way or move that way, whatever, whatever I was saying. And he said to me, we're, we're doing all of those things, but Adidas is a tiny, and this is, this is the arrogance of Nike. They're a tiny little $10,000 speedboat that whips around all around the lake. Right. And right. we are a friggin' $200 billion aircraft carrier right, of a ship. And we're trying to turn around in the same space. It's going to take us a little longer, right, to make that turn, to maneuver. But then we're guns blazing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think I saw that this year. So I think that was almost two years ago. He was kind of like winking at me and he's like, yeah, we see them, you know, that little annoying speedboat buzzing around. And they can, they could be agile and do all these things real quick. And we see that and that's aggravating us. But we're, we're turning the ship. And we've got a plan. And I honestly think 
he knew Travis Scott was going to unveil a paper max. He knew Virgil was working on the 10. He knew that this year he was going to be guns blazing. You know what I'm saying? He knew all that stuff was, was being done. And it was me sitting there like impatient, like you guys don't get it. He was like, chill, <laughs> you know, chill. give us a minute. We're a much bigger machine, you know? And I think this year, uh, I think it was pretty lopsided in Nike's favor, to be honest. I don't know if people are ready to admit that yet. Well, I'm so sure that, the Adidas fans are going right, to be a, so that was all we, kinds of bad. Well, but uh, now they got to follow it up, though. The pressure's back on yeah. them to, you know, I don't think another, obviously people are going to buy another Virgil Abel collab, but you got to do something else now. You know what I mean? Vapor yeah. Max came out. They need, they need the next Well, here's yeah, why I think they do is Vapor Max really too. important. And you guys can cut me off if I'm, if I'm ranting too much. But, no, no, no. Um, I don't think Virgil is important because those shoes sold out. Like, that, duh. You know, that was going to happen. And that's not even a large number of shoes. Like, so when you're talking about, like, the bottom dollar, when you're talking about the numbers, like, not a lot of your retailers ate. You didn't sell a large number of pairs to a large number of retailers. So you didn't eat too good. That was not important. Like, that didn't move the needle for them, you know, to use a Matt Powell expression. That, was very important in the streets, clearly, but like you know, they didn't they didn't go up a sock point or whatever for it. Well, that was important because they gave ten iconic models, and this is Nike. This is Nike. We're sports. We're innovation. We're athletes. To an artist, to a guy that was in, who's been inspired by so many other things, right? Who sat down with an exacto knife and like tore those shoes up and did weird shit to them and then they were like okay cool mass produce it we're like we're good with this and i think that more than anything was like and i don't know if the public's really understood that that was nike telling you now like they will do that right it's not going to be the kanye argument anymore where like you don't get creative control because you're not an athlete you have to go elsewhere like they're they're telling you you know that's a that's a big banner firework display to say like you know, we get it. We're going to bring people in here that are influenced by other things, and we're going to, you know, loosen loosen our grip a bit on on what it means to to be a Nike product. And I think it also, you know, something that we talk about the cool factor. Like I think it also reestablishes the cool factor because when you have somebody like right. Virgil designing, or even you know, like last year, or earlier maybe it was earlier this year. Um, Jerry Lorenzo was wearing the Chicago ones a lot, and Chicago ones prices went up like. because there were all these pictures of him wearing him, you know, walking around the sphere of God stuff. So, I mean, it seemed like this year Nike kind of reestablished that cool factor. They kind of reestablished, you know, themselves in that market with Kanye and some other people. So it's, and I think that was important for them. And and, and that was one of my questions for you was who you thought won, you know, 2017 between Jordan brand Nike versus Yeezy Adidas. And it sounds like you clearly think it was Jordan brand Nike. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was Nike. This year. I think right, Adidas so. did a lot more of the same, but they had like such a fire product that who doesn't want more fire, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think, well, I've seen Adidas for 2018 and I know it's a lot new and different things. So I think they, I think they ran that for an appropriate amount of time, right? Like they were all the way blazing forest fire last year and they let that kindle through, this year, who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't, they've also like on the business end of it, they've got to recap the, all the research and development of all those new boost models and having signed Kanye and building it, hiring his entire team and yeah. 
building his in- infrastructure, they had to, you know, they had to let that sizzle. Yep. And uh, I could tell you firsthand, 2018 looks a lot different. There's a lot of new stuff there. Um, for who? Nike, for who? Yeah, for who? I, I would say Nike won, and and I would say to look at Nike, try to look at it with fresh eyes, guys. Like rub rub the sleep out of your eyes. I know it's you know if you're, if you're like me, it's been decades of this stuff, right? But look yeah. at it and say. Holy shit! Oh no 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 no! You know we're complaining about we're complaining about 140 retros and they're they're using Jordan's flight jacket that he wore on a late night show as inspiration or whatever and then and then remember that the loudest mouthpiece the biggest speaker was no we let this guy just come in and cut him up with an exact knife. that's yeah. that's the whole thing you know? like 2017 I definitely yeah. Nike to me owned it in my opinion as far as uh, style, even some of the retros. I'm not mad at the you know hundred much up tempos that drop. Like that's a classic iconic sneaker in my opinion. It's just more of like at what point do they say we're gonna stop? Now the off white collaboration. Right. My said, suggestion with that was and I think I used the I used the ninety seven when I was doing my example. I said you got you guys are very lucky because you did a whole lot of these fucking things and they held their cool. But you could have you could have just as easily ruined this. Yeah, you know, right. and and then I told them put it away, and then I said as the example next year I know in the top of the year this is common knowledge I hope, but they're they're doing a couple ninety eights, and so I said the Air Max ninety eight. There's only a couple. We only want two or three of those. Don't do this again. Yeah, and if you have this plan, scrap it. And then I said to them, I don't care if you do those three, and you see such a demand in the market, so many people. Oh my God! And those three are flipping whatever for $700 or some unbelievable figure that then you say, then you take the time and six months out or whatever the lead time would be, you give me one or two more fine. Cool. But let something be cool. You know what I'm saying? Don't yeah, like, yeah. don't put it out Tuesday and be like, Oh good. I'm glad you like those because Friday, Saturday, Sunday of next week, we've got more. Well, know? that's why when you talk uh, about seem super receptive of that, when you talk about the off white collection, I had said earlier this year that the off white collection itself is probably the greatest collaboration of all time and that's because i look at that collection as the first time that somebody really allowed somebody to come in and collaborate it's easy to me to pick colors it's easy to pick colors yeah you know that was a lot of things that happened when it was like oh this is a so-and-so collaboration and it's orange with a gum bottom and reflective like that to me isn't a collaboration when you could come in? That sounds like a fire sneaker. You when just you come a fire in, sneaker. I did. That does you just sound created fire. a fire sneaker when for you, hunting. When you come in, when you come in and you take a Jordan One, which is the beginnings, and you design all the way down to the Vapor Max, which is the future, and you cut it up, add stuff, add words, you know, things, that is ballsy, and it's awesome that Nike allowed that to happen. Like the go- it's a lot of gall yeah, for somebody I mean, to come Nike, in and ask Nike to cut up a Jordan one arrogant company and i say that with all due respect they're so um like you only get a job at nike if you've loved nike your whole life and perfected drawing nikes and have a plan for the next couple like, like to have a guy like virgil come in and be like oh this is cool i really you know i've always really wanted to do it like can i get like these 10 and I'm, i just want to like rip them up and write on them and then just go you know banished Get right. the fuck out of here, you know? That's that's the big takeaway here. That's something that we should all be pretty excited about. And I'm not saying that, like, as a wink, I really don't know what's next, you know, and I, I really don't. They're, they're quick strike and super special projects are the most top secret shit on earth. 
But I would imagine that that was a huge wink to all of us. Like, hey, we're we're gonna play in this space too, and and when we do it, you know, we're that aircraft carrier. We're gonna blow the shit out of this. So how it's much gonna be crazy every time we do it? How much do you know about how like the Kith Nike relationship started? I know it started last year with like the tennis stuff. They did the Kith Nike pop up yeah. store. Then now he's in the basketball space. Like, how much do you know about how that right. began? Um, I know I, I, I can speak on it like in blanket terms, you know, so for, for one, Ronnie, uh, has built an amazing, uh, brand yes. in and of his own, right. Yes. Um, that goes way back to like Mercer Mondays and the Mercer pen literally changing the paints on an entire demographic of people like the, like totally, like we threw away our bootcut jeans yes. largely because of that guy, you know, um, but so there's that, right? You build this amazing brand, and then uh, he's done some really innovative things as a retailer. You know, um, Pig is possibly the best retailer in our space. So when we talk about, when I say retailer, I talk about all that stuff that we do behind the scenes, uh, marketing, inventory, in and out, buying, merchandising, whatever. He's really good, or his team is really good at all of those things. And so then you're doing numbers so so if you're doing those things correctly like you built a solid brand of your of your own and you're an excellent retailer you're going to do numbers you're going to start selling more nike and more adidas and more than anybody else you know especially uh at least in your space and his space happens to be new york city so it's like incredibly valuable space to be the best yeah uh retailer in. and so then uh then it's like it's this beautiful dance of ego, right? Where it's like, I'm on five, I built Kiss, I'm king of New York uh, when it comes to this shit. And Nike's like, we're Nike, we're sexy, everybody wants a Nike collab, and that's cute what you've done with those ASICs, you know, but over here. And then you get this beautiful little marriage where it's like, he wants to work with LeBron James. Um, you know, I'm Ronnie Feige. If I'm going to do a club, I need your premier athlete right mm-hmm. i need the i need the face of your brand and they're like oh that's great ronnie nike basketball's in a bit of a slump it'd be awesome if you remix this and so they're, now they're you know you could see the dance right you could mm-hmm. see like right. cool we need you great because i've always wanted you you know yeah. and uh, that's probably how those conversations start what i will say about that is none of that stuff is as immediate as people think like when i read twitter it cracks me up you know like oh now nike now Nike wants Audi, blah, 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 or whatever. Those hot, those hot takes are always awful because they never consider the fact that like none of that stuff happens in under 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's not, it's not like I saw somebody comment about him having done a short film on LeBron James and they're like, man, that must've been so rushed or whatever. I'm like, no, dude, this cause you heard about it three months ago. Everybody in the whole world, you know, is in 140 characters on their screen and only right. their screen. You know? So, but anyway, so I would then, I, I would say that is a marriage of like we need Nike basketball to pop, and Ronnie like cool. I'm at the top of my game. I want to work with Nike, and then you know some side conversation so got to a point where they were both happy with what they were working on. So then, since you like we, we you know obviously you know you've been you know around for the uh, for a long time and you've uh, helped other companies and you've done things. Um, that we might not even yeah. be aware of behind the scenes. So let's say right. a big story, 2017. Let's say a big baller brand calls a rack 
and they say, we need right. your help. Is that a phone call you take? Uh, yes, but I could tell you right now that that already wouldn't be the most exciting phone call of mine for 2018. So I don't know that I would take it. Yeah. I don't know that I would, I would hear them out. Absolutely. Um, but man, they'd have a whole lot of convincing me to do. <laughs> you don't think big baller you know, brands up next? Uh, and, and I've got, I've got more exciting conversations being had already. Under Armour? Uh, no, I'll tell you, you know what I do think about big baller brand though? Like no, no jokes or whatever is um it's easy to like crack on them about having hired uh santa clara or whatever they're calling that or whatever brand black's calling their design wing or whatever right but that's that was a great way to get it done that was a great way to get like they needed a basketball shoe now and that was a great way to get like a decent basketball shoe done immediately because they were in a pinch and so i'm not like you know i was one of the first people to point out that there was the same shoe yeah, uh, but I was. I'm not knocking them. I'm happy they got that done. I hope he plays a lot better. Like I hope. I hope for for it the sake of innovation. Like they well. are doing innovative things that will change things forever if he becomes a megastar. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be like this footnote, trivial pursuit question. Well, it didn't work for like, Kim Elijah and Shaq. <laughs> so. Uh, Two of the greatest yeah. of all time. It works for Elijah Wan. You you lining up a Kmart for a lot for a well, my dreams? dad owned Kmart buildings, and the Elijah Wan was the number one selling sneakers for the year. I'll tell you who out. it worked for, man. This almost this exact model worked for Starberry. We all lined up for fifteen dollars Starberry, and then we all wore them like everywhere. No one I did. It didn't. I've never owned. I've one. never owned. You know, one. so he's being facetious. And never will. No, dude, you never owned one. No. He's being facetious. Are you being facetious or serious? He's being facetious. Oh, I was going to say. No, he's being serious. <laughs> he did not line up for Starberries. No, but I am, oh, I am okay. being serious about, though, is that business model having worked. So he Sarcasm partnered with a retailer awesome, to make $15 shoes or whatever, and Stephen Berry's open, clear those things as fast as they can bring them in. So, And so, that's because Marbury was a giant global star that's true so what's happening what's what's gonna happen in your opinion to like under armor and like reebok well reebok's owned by adidas, adidas. so so like reebok's owned by adidas bro so they're good um, what about under armor and they got a staple of classics and they're gonna try stuff under armor is in a little bit tricky of a position but they're really really smart and that's what you can't count out about them like look at the curry three and how that shoe like kind of tanked and hit serious clearance numbers and like you know had memes and all kinds of shit and then look at curry four where like most of them are sold by pre-order there's literally no business loss so there's like smart shit if you watch it you know Hmm. like we might say curry four is not really cool or whatever only ballers are wearing it but i'm watching and i'm saying dude they made these shoes at zero loss they literally sold a hundred percent of the ones they made that's like can't beat that in business so there's how long do you think not, before there's not too much negative to say about that? How long do you think before I don't, I don't the, want to count them out, you know? How long do you think before the Nike or Adidas knock comes at the door to try to purchase Under Armour for something besides basketball, but for like their hunting following or their technology when it comes to athletic gear or hunting gear, things like that? I mean, do you think that that's coming or do you think that Under Armour will succeed and stand alone on its own for some time? I think they're pretty proud. I I think they're pretty proud of being on their own. So I don't know. I don't know that those calls haven't already come. You know, um, but John John Geiger. I don't know if you guys know. He's one of my best friends in, in real life. Oh no, he, Greg, uh, Greg doesn't like John Geiger. That's a lie. 
Don't listen to him. Oh, come on now. No, 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 no. So, but listen, he's one shoe in. He's one shoe in, and I, uh, I don't know if he's ever said this in public, but he's already, they've already tried to buy him out, right? So I'm not saying who when I say they, but a sneaker brand has already tried to buy his entire entity, is like his name, his shoe, right. and hire him to, to steer it. So when, I only bring that up to say, like, if you're Under Armour, you, you've probably got that phone call, like, friggin' 16 times a week for the last six years. I, I, and so I think they're pretty proud of like, you know, making it pretty clear that they're going to stay independent. And I wouldn't cut them out just because they do innovative stuff. Like back to that, back to that, like, uh, analogy about Nike being like, uh, aircraft carrier and Adidas being this cool little speedboat. If you're under armor, you're like a jet ski, bro. You could change your mind about anything in five seconds and change the whole, your whole path, your That's whole true. game, your, your yeah. very tiny little thing. Um, well, we've hit up. Well, we've so hit up. I don't John, count them out. We've hit up John Geiger and Joe Puma, so tell them to check their inboxes. <laughs> Trying to well, get them on. Well, they will not miss this episode. So if you guys want to pitch, pitch away. They will well, absolutely not. No, miss see, this I don't want to say John Geiger. He's he's blocked us. So, and the only reason why why he, would I? Oh, you must have got caught up in that dude throwing around that old picture. Or whatever. Okay, yes. Yeah. So. This is what happened now. So this is what happened. So we had. So him. let me just say it real quick. You can explain or whatever, but he, I promise you, he didn't block you at anything personal. He just wanted to turn that noise off because, like, you ever been accused? You ever been accused of something like that has no merit? Like that shit just gets just gets annoying. You yeah, know what yes. I'm and like, and that's the thing. Like so, I, I'm five seven, so imagine if like somebody like sent out a picture that I was six foot and for whatever reason, like people just like started, but like, just kept saying like, I, I don't even want to defend that. Cause I'm walking around. I'm five, seven. I just want to like not see that. Right. Anymore, you know? No. Cause so that, I think that was John's reaction to that is just like, this is so dumb that like, I just, I just want to turn it off. I just want to not see this. Yeah. And see now that was the whole thing too. Cause like what happened was, you know, got caught up in the whole, uh, with FBCC and I don't know the other artist or whatever customizer that made that sneaker right. and it looks similar to his. And I'll admit, I jumped out the window based off that picture. And then I went back right. and thought about it. And because the <clears throat> same person was being FBCC was being accused of stealing a design from somebody else. And I hit him up and asked him about it. And I said, and I got back on the next episode and I, apologize to john geiger i said you know what that was my fault jumping out the window on that because he didn't say anything and nobody gave him the opportunity to say anything and i just jumped out the window on it and i said i apologize to him and anybody on his team that i might have like you know tagged and said is he stealing designs and whatever because it wasn't fair to jump out the window on him when i don't even know the story i jumped out the window based off the internet and i was like that was so stupid of me to look at something on the internet, which I hate, and I jumped out the window on it. And I was yeah. like, I apologize for that. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's just one of those situations. Well, here's, the, the here's all I'll say about that, man. I really don't know the other guy. And right. then, like, the whole world knows me and John are really close. So right. I, I, I can't say it. Like, I'm obviously biased. So I'll just speak in three quick facts. One, I saw the sketch of the 001, like, two years before that other kid she was made. We were in Pittsburgh. He was showing me where him and Darrell Revis were going to open a sneaker store. He pulled it out of his pocket. I swear on my mother's life, it predates that shoe by at least a year and a half. Okay, and that's when I was working on Kicks on Fire, and I was writing about John. Right. So that like so to, so to me, like that's why 
me and John haven't, or me, John, or anybody that's close to John haven't participated in that whole beef is like because we know that. So that's yeah. like super silly for us, you know? Right. But the next two things to consider, like, and this is for like the general public to consume, John spent $15,000 per size on the sole molds for that shoe. Do you like who, why would he, I don't, I don't know how else to say that, like of his own money. Like just imagine doing like, you just you have to be passionate like the whole world should know that he's done that and that should be enough to disprove like anything but that just those were his babies his his idea his his brainchild and the last thing i'll say that everybody should really have considered is they're both very both hit john's to the 001 and that picture that got floated around that looks like it they're both clearly inspired by some of the same things exactly. really nice leather right high fashion shoes and air jordans with an air bubble like yeah. that's that's it that's true there's nothing wrong with that people are inspired, inspired yeah. by all this yeah and i did a huge shoe for art basil and it was definitely inspired by off-white you right. know? Dude, and see that's, that's the that's, that's the that's the thing too is that um didn't look at it from that standpoint that is being inspired and the fact that john yeah. geiger is somebody who was at the top so he took that road of don't even yeah. respond to any of that nonsense and right, right. for some reason i oh, myself the last thing, real quick is yeah. that customizer dude that came for his neck like that was trying to sell his own pair of misplaced checks if i'm not mistaken like his own version so like if i'm not mistaken and i, and I totally oh uh, no it was another guy true. that was I didn't doing look that into this guy or whatever mm -hmm. right but if that if that is true then you know a little bit of a very quiet cough off clap for that guy uh that's some seriously yeah, that was, that was a as marketing. That was a uh, that was another guy, not the not FBCC. Like FBCC, you know, he's a super cool okay. dude. He's a homie, and you know, like you know, I love his product and well, stuff then, like, like that. Like I said, I take that completely back because I knew I was I was only repeating something I had right. heard. Um, but anyway, the first two points, dude. John dumped way more money than any of us have ever uh, invested in our own ideas. That right. should install a whole bunch of confidence. And then the second, the second thing is they're both inspired by high end shoes and air Jordans. And so, you know, that's going to happen there. Did, uh, they're going to, did John, you know, there's going to be some coincidental stuff like that. Did John have any hand in the design for the zoom Revis one and two? Or was it? Yes. He actually has a royalty on zoom Revis one. and had done even more work on, uh, zoom Revis two, but unfortunately that was canceled. Zoom Revis One is one of the greatest, not like Nike trainers, Nike of, all trainers of all time. Zoom Revis Dude, One is one the, of my favorite the shoes. Camo ever. brown, brown leather camo with the orange. Oh, yeah. oh man, that one I is got, out of this world. Those. I got three pairs of those. I bought the uh, the the uh, Kelly Green ones that got canceled. I ended up getting them on eBay from somebody that got them from oh, Nike. Fire. Dude, all the baseball PEs too, all the MLB PEs. Oh, the that yeah. was just dope those Tiffany's ones with the snakeskin. <sighs> those are some of the most. Zoom Revis one and two are some of the most fire shoes of all time. Samples you, are fire. How do you feel about? Yeah, so he worked on he worked <clears> on that like in the way that Kanye designed sneakers. So like there are designers, obviously, and you know he would yes an idea, no an idea, more of this, less of that. And um, he likes to say like when you're in the studio with a rapper, right, and you might suggest this line instead of that line, or that sounds a little too loud, quiet that down. And not necessarily writing the song, but you're a part of the process. I would say that's how he sort of worked on the Rebus one, and to enough of a degree that Nike gave him a royalty check on every pair sold. So, how do you feel about where they're out there? Um, 
how do you feel about Supreme where it's at right now and like the whole collaboration with Louis Vuitton? That was a definitely a big thing in 2017. Um, yeah. What was the point? Huge. How does that happen? A luxury brand with the history of Louis Vuitton decides that, hey, we'll go ahead and collab with this street brand, this streetwear brand. Like, uh, It's just demographics, man. So again, it's like a brilliant dance where like, Louis Vuitton does great, and they do great in the same market that they've always done good in. I think a lot of people fail to remember that they're like a legacy luggage brand. Uh, they're like lifetime guaranteed luggage, and there's hand details, and there's a million reasons why they've done good in a certain demographic, a very rich, a very white, a very European. You know, right. so they're like, hey, maybe you know somebody maybe in their marketing plan was a little bit, or their marketing team was a little bit younger, hip or whatever, and was like, hey, this brand, Supreme, is touching this demographic in a way that's like, I mean, look at these numbers, you know? Imagine trying to quantify what we know Supreme is into numbers, right? And then imagine showing those numbers to like an aloof, pretentious 70-year-old dude, and then his reaction like, whoa, you know? Like, right. wow, they're, mm -hmm. they're a billion-dollar company? They're a skate brand out of three stores. Yeah. Well, shit. That's Let's, crazy. You know, and so then they get into the space, and then lucky for them, you know, they they most probably instigated that conversation to Supreme, and then Supreme's kind of like that'd be so punk rock and trollish of us to just go do a Louis Vuitton pop up. Let's let's go, you know, and and then it works, and then we all talk about it. The rest is history, you know. Right. Um, well, I think actually we have to kind of wrap it up. Uh, we're getting, oh man. Yeah, That's I know. Good conversations go. I know. Well, it's one of those things where it's, you know, we kind of, we have studio space and I think another podcast needs to record today. And waiting. Uh, and they're actually like, waiting. Gotcha. But I did, I mean, I did want to ask you, <laughs> I did want to ask you about Nike deciding to start retroing LeBron's like, why did they decide that so early? And why not Kobe's? Why are we, why are we seeing LeBron's and not? OG Kobe's since the prelude in the fade to black. All right, dudes. I'm going to leave you guys on a, on a bomb that I'm definitely going to get a phone call just because I fuck with you guys. I'm gonna All get right. Hot takes. <laughs> Heard it here first on the sneak dish. Hot take. Heard it here first on the sneak dish. I don't know why uh, in particular they've started LeBron already. I think, it's, I think that's cool, though, and I think they're going to do tremendous in that space. But they have not started Kobe yet because Kobe has so far said no. Really? Nice. Really? That's facts. Wow. So Why? Far, I didn't know that he he gets to make that yet. decision. Not straight up retro. Not yet. Wow. Wow. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I didn't know That's, like Kobe or anybody would have that say like, yeah, no, don't do it. I thought if Nike says we're going to do it, they're going to do yet. it. Well, it's it's probably a it's probably a hard suggestion. I mean, Nike, I think has all of the legal paperwork to just do it. And um I'll say I'll say this, and I, I literally can't elaborate anymore. But they have a they have a compromise. Nike and Kobe have a a bit of a compromise about uh, about a year from now. You guys will text me and be like, "Yo, this is totally what you were talking about." So, so you'll see. Uh, there is there's a bit of a compromise there, but that's that's true stories. And uh, I think they've got a gold mine with Kobe, though. I think Kobe can do everything Jordan Brand does. Uh, for for a whole new generation, but we'll see. And he's got great stories, man. You know, oh, we does have great stories. All these deep cuts and Jordan Brand now, like Kobe's got tons right. of storytelling to do. And I think is I think if you go 
you know, one through 11, those are all off-court wearable, in my opinion. Where LeBron, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about wearing those yeah, off the true. court here and there. You know? Fifteen. I think Kobe, yeah, I think you're right, Kobe's all, all of them. Yeah. Well, we well, definitely appreciate so you being anyway, on. Anyway, look out for that. You heard it here first. We heard it here first. I'm going to sneak this. There's a, there's a little thing coming there, but it won't be like a straight-up retro, for, at least not for now. What what where did the Art Basel idea come from? Was that your idea or? Uh yeah, so I was going down to Art Basel. I was uh, paid to be there for Dwayne Wade for Way of Wade's uh, installation with Fat Joe and KRS One, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to this huge art event. I'm an artist. I should probably do something. And then uh, I kind of just made them the wear in Winwood because I don't know if you guys have ever been to Miami, but Winwood's only like three square blocks of just like art right. and artists and galleries and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll just do it to, to be a, to feel a part of that, to contribute. And then, uh, it was like pandemonium. I had like 140 kids following me around waiting for me to drop them off somewhere. So it became more of a thing. Like I'm sure you guys saw online. It became way more of a thing than it was ever intended to be. It was just supposed to be like, I don't want to go as an artist. I want to go to this huge art event in this art district and not have done something, so I'll just do something to wear. And it turned into like this huge thing. I had been partying with the guys from Miami Inc. And then at like five o'clock in the morning, after being tattooed, do we even another episode? Anyway, uh, oh no, nah, definitely Winwood Walls. No, nah, oh, we definitely. definitely need another episode. We need another episode. We got a lot more questions well, to ask you. A lot. More. <laughs> Uh, but we'll no, yeah, for sure, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Though. I don't want to get you in trouble in the studio. Oh yeah, no, 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 worries, no worries. We uh, we appreciate. We have a ton of questions. The stuff that we ask you, we had to whittle down. Like, there's so much we want to ask you and talk and touch <laughs> on. Um, Pause. Definitely. Pause. You know, I don't Pause. know if you're ever in Arizona or anything like that. You know, we definitely want to link up, have yeah, you no like doubt. live in studio. Greg um, wants to touch on you. And if um, oh, next <laughs> month, next year, definitely want. You know, connect again, call, see what's going on, and see what any new things that you can talk about. Yes. Um. So definitely, yeah. we appreciate you coming on. Oh, uh, dude, we should follow. We should follow up like the week that that little compromise thing like drops. That'd be that'd be wicked. Let's if do not it. there, let's do Complex Con. Oh, that'd be of course. crazy. We're, we're definitely we're going, going to, to we're going, going to Complex Con. Whatever so it is, we're going to Complex Con. So we will set yeah, up that's the mics. November, though, we'll do before that. We will set up the mics in a hotel room. We can all sit and drink. Jack Daniels and talk <laughs> shit. Oh hell yeah, dude! Uh, you gotta ask any of my friends about me off a of, off a of California edible. That's just crazy good times. <laughs> All right, Rack, we appreciate you coming on, man. <laughs> thank definitely. you so much, right, guys. I'm gonna get this edited and posted tonight. So uh, we appreciate the opportunity, and we'll definitely talk to you next year. No doubt, guys. I'll see you on the internet. All right, appreciate appreciate it. It. Cruise through our top ten pickups real quick. <clears throat> you got time? Well, I mean, we, let's just take it real quick. I'll go first. Go first. Number 10, uh, Jordan 1 OG High Royal, shoe that I've wanted since it released in 13 and couldn't get my hands on, wasn't going to pay $500 for. Number 9, one of my favorite collaborations of the, re- of the year, the Kith Air Maestro Pippins, both the red and the purple. Number 8, Pirate Black Yeezy 350 V1. Shout out, Greg, for the great hookup. Homie price for my birthday. Number seven, the Yeezy 350 V2 Frozen Yellow. Way better in hand. Uh, number six, both of my Yeezy Calabasas. I know people hate them, but that is one of my favorite releases of this year. I don't hate them. 
Number five, a shoe that we both wanted for a long time, all three of us, the New Balance Times Concepts. I don't care if they're hyannis. They'll always be Kennedys to me. <laughs> Number four, the Nike Zoom MVP Supreme Steve Nash that I was able to find in my size for retail. Shout out Christopher Beard. This shoe right here, one of my grails. What does the Supreme mean? It means is that, Supreme. Is that part of is that No, it was released as Supreme. <laughs> it says Supreme on the box. Yes. So if you're a Supreme hype beast, shout out Supreme. Um, James Jebbia made it himself. Number four, the Nikes, or that was number four. Number three, the Ronnie Fide <laughs> ASIC <laughs> Gel Light 3 Homage. I thought you were serious. I don't know. <laughs> a shoe. A shoe I've been hunting for is made for out of Supreme years. garbage collected in the United States. It's got States a box logo. It's got a box logo on the bottom. <laughs> I should have put a box logo on the bottom. Yes. Sticker. Um, number two, one of my favorite shoes, the Yeezy Wave Runner 700. Another shoe hated on by people till they found out it was limited. And number one, shout out Greg, my favorite pickup of the year because I've been looking for one since they dropped. Finally got it my size, the Yeezy 350 V2 Beluga. OG, not the 2.0. You gave him all the shoes this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Number 10, Air Max 97 Golds. I already had the OG still, but I feel like I still needed another pair. I don't know why. I just love the I love 97s, and I hate that everybody else loves 97s now. Number 9, DMX Killer Cams. Got those for super cheap off uh, StockX, and I love those. Great materials, and DMX 10s are very underrated and slept on. Number 8, Static NMDs. Uh, fire. Like, period. I mean, I'm, I'm angry I didn't get them immediately. I was hoping you put that on the list. Number seven, cause fours. Cause fours, materials, fire. Okay. <laughs> uh, number six, black toe ones. Had to buy a pair of those. Um, you bought those for Oscar. No, that's my pair. He has his. Oh, okay. Uh, black toes ones. I had to get a pair. I just didn't have a pair. Uh, number five, uh, Adidas Daniel Arshmir. Arshim. I don't know what they are. Damn, done. Try them on yet? Oh, yeah, I wore them all Christmas. Fire? Fire. Like, you want to talk about that dad shoe movement? It's the ultimate dad sh- Fire. All right, period. Uh, number four. For number it. four, Navy uh, Night uh, Vapor Max. Vapor Max to me should be Nike of the Year, Sneaker of the Year, to period. And number three, uh, FBCC VV1s. Uh, I have these at number three because the quality is unreal fire. And I'll be honest with you, considering the price point, it takes some guts to pay that much for something that a lot of people don't know about. Anybody can go out there and throw 800 700 for a Gucci. Yeah, but I feel like if you were, somebody would ask you, like, where'd you get that from? Definitely. <sighs> but they might say, like, that was that much money. You, but you don't got to tell them that. You fire. You don't. But these, <laughs> fire. Uh, they are. They're, they're dope. Number two, two, Air Max One Blues. I mean. You copped them? Come on. Yeah, a long time ago. Oh, okay. Uh, secrets, and number one, uh, number one, obviously Kennedys. I'm not calling them hyenas. They're Kennedys to me, and I love them. Uh, they lost a little luster, but I still love them. What you got, George? I number don't even 10. think I had kept ten shoes this year, which it's we impossible. talked about earlier. So I'm dead serious. I don't think I kept ten. I shoes. started okay. six months later. Okay. Yeah, but and I still you did. You no, but you. Name, name them. <laughs> I'm not, we don't got time. I'm back through all my pickups. I, I seriously, I didn't keep ten shoes. What you got? Uh, you're so long winded. Number ten, Beluga 2.0 Yeezy 350 is on the list because I bought it, even oh. though I don't have it anymore. Okay. Number That's nine, Off White Hyperdunk. Another one I don't have anymore, okay. but it's on the list because I didn't keep ten shoes. Now the shoes I did keep. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. Clear Gray Ultra Boost 3.0 at number eight. Number seven, the Red Aniki. Number six, the Pusha T Brown Bag, whatever they're called. The number five, the Lux Ultra Boost. Number four, Multicolor 3.0 Ultra Boost. 
Number three, that white Ultra Boost that just came out, Consortium. You can pronounce it. Invisible Stripes. A la Mañan. Sure, that one. Uh, Number two, the Fly Knit Trainer, White Black OG. And number one, Air Max One Royal Anniversary. Great show. You not having brown paper bags. Oh, honorable mention. Honorable mention. You bought three of them. Honorable mention. It shouldn't be honorable mention if you own three of them. Honorable mention. And the NMD, whatever. A la Mañan. Whatever. You said, great show. I forgot about those. I forgot about those. I forgot about those. Anyways, anything else? That's the sneakers. Okay.